You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lamgoat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Sorry. Oh, very rude of me. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome back to the Van Flip Podcast with another stellar kicking off event yet again with one of my burps. Not one again. I probably haven't burped, I don't think, starting an intro uh, for a podcast. So, Alex, you are the first. I'm joined today. Um, I'm joined with Alex Jones, the front man for the Rochester metal uh, death metal band Undeath. Welcome to the Van Flip, sir. What's up, bro? How are you? Yes, uh, Alex here from Undeath, or uh, the band that Lambo commenters like to call Who? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the guy with the name that everybody just get your fucking, you know, frogs gay, whatever comments out of the way right now. Just uh, throw those down below. I'm sitting with Alex Jones, the one not sued for the Sandy Hook situation. Uh, <laughs> the opposite one. Yeah. It's going to be awesome for your SEOs, dude. Hey, I'm, you know, I like, I, I fall down some conspiracy rabbit holes every now and then. So, you know, if you do, it's just, it's, it's, it's even crazier because you can like Google yourself kind of technically. And then, you know, Alex just, uh, the other Alex Jones pops up. Um, so you, you yeah. have all these conspiracies, huh? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like a, a realist or a, a pragmatist or anything like that. I mean, I think a lot of that shit is entertaining. I think a lot of it is pretty, it's pretty cool. And there's definitely truth there in a decent amount of them. But I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I have so much shit to worry about on a day-to-day basis that like, I'm not really that concerned about fluoride. Like maybe, maybe yeah. I should be, maybe that's on me. Maybe I'm just like, yeah, to my own ignorance. They want you to be so obsessed <laughs> yeah. with other things. Yeah. You don't it's working. You can't take it. You can just take the fluoride in over time and you just forget about right. it, you know? I mean, maybe uh, maybe the fact that I've been consuming fluoride regularly my entire life has led me to uh, be sitting in a van in a dark parking lot in Lubbock, Texas. So maybe uh, maybe I got fluoride to blame for, for the series of bad decisions that led me here. Yeah, it pro- yeah, it probably did it exactly like it's supposed to, calcified your pineal gland, third eye. <laughs> so, you know, you can't see out of that bad boy. And so now you're just running, you know, small little human loops just to kind of, you know, make the system continue to be the machine that it is and just continue working, which is fine. Yeah, we're we're rocking with it, dude. I mean, I, it's it's gotten me so far. I mean, honestly, like who really needs a, a, a pineal gland? I don't even know what that is. I don't either. But well, I know that I know that my teeth got to be clean. Yeah, I mean, they've told us fluoride works for your teeth. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a scientist. I don't make the do the tests and have the fluoride in abundance, you know. So uh, it is what it is. But yeah, you know, the frogs did turn out to be like changing sex. So Alex is right about some. Not you, but Alex Jones, the uh, the wild one. He's right about some things every now and then. You know, clock clock is right. A, a broken clock is right twice a, a a day or something, isn't that the? 
a, a stop clock is right twice a day, I believe is the expression. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny to think about the other Alex Jones uh, because I like before Sandy Hook, like before Trump, before any of like the the heinous shit that he's been up to in the past, I don't know, ten years. Um, I remember being a kid and being aware of him just as like the Bohemian Grove guy. Like he was just kind of this fringe public access dude who had this like crazy radio show. And he was all about uncovering the secrets and malpractices of the Illuminati. (laughs) And I remember just thinking like, Oh, it's kind of cool that, uh, and, and, and kooky that I share a name with this like nut job, but he's like a cool nut job. And then everything just went to shit. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like the Sandy Hook thing. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, whomever whomever is in power probably needed the Sandy Hook thing to happen so they could like just dog shit all over, you know, Alex. Right. Because you brought up the Bohemian Grove thing, which is a wild conspiracy in general, which unfortunately turned out to be true. <laughs> You know, so there are some yep. truths to all of his things, but then you know, he was. Uh, I think he got the squeaky wheel got a little too loud, and then they they definitely threw the book at him with the Sandy Hook stuff. So they kind of fucked him pretty good on that. But um, yeah, it's crazy. You never know what to what's real out there, so to speak. So I'm sure having that name, you kind of had to realize that early on. You were introduced to that gentleman probably early on, and you know, sure, yeah. And I mean, I I was a I was an X-Files fan growing up. Like I'm familiar with, uh, with the concept of the truth being out there. It, it, it's all uh, well-worn territory for me, but I mean, I, I, I've talked to my girlfriend about, I mean, I've been dating uh, my girlfriend for close to a decade now and we're probably going to get married pretty soon. I hope she's not watching this, but uh, that's <laughs> well, this won't come out for a couple of weeks anyway. So you have some time there. <laughs> what? I'll just specifically direct her not to watch this specific yeah. one because we've had a, a, like a million conversations about like uh, like names and like last names and stuff like that. And uh, we've been, we've both like never really cared, but ever since like Trump and whatever, I've told her probably a hundred times now, like, Hey, can I, can I have your last name when we get married? <laughs> because like this bit is just, I don't know how many years it has left on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You it's you still, could you could do the uh, you could take her name. That's not like you know against the against the rules, so to speak. It's just not really done that often. No, I mean, hey, you know, I'm a I'm a trendsetter, dude. I'm progressive. What can I say? I mean, maybe maybe this is going to be the thing that makes all dudes take their wives' last names. Maybe I'm going to be the one that sets that in motion. I mean, she's got a cool last name too. I'm not going to dox her right now, but like. <laughs> It's not like I'd be going from Alex Jones to Alex Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a much better transition. Yeah. Well, at least if you did go to Hitler, it would kind of, you know, it's like, it doesn't ring as, <laughs> it doesn't ring as well as like Adolf Hitler, you know, like, oh, it's just Alex Hitler. It's just kind of like, you know, <laughs> Adolf's like American brother or cousin or something like that. It's totally cool. Doesn't do any of the fucking weird, bad Nazi stuff. Just like, you know, chill kind of dude. Just on yeah, the he like goes snowboards. Yeah, he's, he's just, just like he's just a chiller. Uh, <laughs> did, did Hitler have any like chill siblings who were just like not cool with the whole Holocaust thing? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. That guy was probably that guy was probably so like jacked on meth or drugs for like 
the last, you know, probably a decade prior to that whole situation even popping off. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I don't really know that much about Hitler's uh, family, so to speak. <laughs> I, I try not to spend a lot of time thinking about that kind of stuff. Let's get into it, bro. Let's spend the next hour just learning about Hitler, dude. <laughs> I can pull up a we I can pull up a Wikipedia, you know, and we can kind of just go and try to like. I'll, I'll even title it like "Debunking Facts" with Alex Jones on the Van Flip Park. <laughs> you know, we'll just get some stuff popping off that way. Oh, it'll be it's gonna be the last podcast you ever do. Oh yeah, yeah, I will be canceled or something. Luckily, we don't have any sponsors or anything like that. You know, so like I can't really. I can't go. I can't regress too much. Just I guess people stop listening, which who yeah. knows. But uh, it's not like we're making a boatload of money, and I'm worried about losing sponsorship deals. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's enough of the fun stuff. Let's get let's get into the the, the meat and potatoes, as they say across the uh, across the pond. Um, Fine. Yeah, we'll get into some band stuff because you know, like that's why. We're a website. That's why you're on the road right now in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, well, there's many, there's many uh, opportunities to to go left or right in the conversation, <laughs> Alex. We'll, we'll definitely get it. We'll hit, hit a vibe, and you know, some things may start happening on my end. So I may get a more, a little more crazier as the evening goes on because it is a little. Uh, it is Saturday. Uh, I've been oh, doing yeah. a lot of these. I've been doing a lot of these on Saturdays. Uh, we had a. I actually was like confused and I thought this podcast was yesterday for the longest time. Uh, and um, I was like, Oh man, that's going to suck because Thanksgiving obviously was two days away. Oh, two days away. You guys are in the midst of your 200, excuse me. You're in the midst of the tour with uh, 200 stab wounds. You, uh, it's like a month and a half long, two month long tour or something like that. And you're in the middle of it now. So like you guys were fortunate to spend Thanksgiving with your tour package. So like how, how, how was that? Like fortunate. Um, yeah. Yeah. You were fortunate enough to have, you know, a group we'll of people around you and it, you're thankful to be there with them and having the day. That's that you true. Do. Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, and you like what we're doing here on the van flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this and give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. Um, what was the meal on, uh, what, was the, what was the menu like this Thanksgiving for you guys? Was it a Bucky's well, spread? Let's, Wawa spread? Let's see. No, no Bucky spread, no Wawa spread. I think either of those would have been preferable to what we ended up doing. We uh, we got a massive Airbnb uh, right outside of fabulous Austin, Texas. Uh, pretty weird city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear a lot of people campaigning to keep Austin weird. And uh, let me just say, that place is a little kooky. Uh, it doesn't feel like Texas. 
Uh, and we got a Airbnb for 22 people, which is a lot of dudes. Uh, it, w- the house was not configured for 22 grown men. Uh, basically, the I don't know what house could be besides a fucking gymnasium. But it was a house that had like two bedrooms with one bed in them and then one room that kind of felt like an army barracks. It just had like rows of bunk beds. Uh, so we just called that room bed world mm-hmm. and pretty much everybody just posted up wherever, but yeah, the, the meal, it, it was kind of chaotic. We woke up at probably like 10 or 11 on Thanksgiving day and we immediately ordered 60 wings. And cause that was like one of the only things that was open and we had wings and alcohol for probably the first six hours of the day. Just sat around watching football, being disgusting. Uh, and then, you know, the sun set. Now, all of a sudden, it's Thanksgiving evening. Things are a little bit more uh, buttoned up. It's time to sit around the table and enjoy a meal. What did we have? We had Chinese food. Uh, I had a big thing of orange chicken and rice. Um, it made me feel very sick. Uh, it was probably a combination of the food and the copious amounts of alcoholic beverages I've been consuming since about 10 a.m. And that was it. That was pretty much the day. We we sat in the hot tub for a while. A lot of dudes going in and out of the hot tub and things started to look like wonton soup after a while. Oh, yeah. It's pretty, pretty gnarly. And that was it, man. I mean, look, uh, ideal Thanksgiving situation. No, kind of kind of used to the chilling at home with my girlfriend, eating like traditional Thanksgiving foods and like shitting in my own toilet and like mm. lying down on my own couch and stuff. But this is the life we chose, brother. I mean, we 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 fully were aware of the fact that we were going to be in each other's arms on Thanksgiving. And so we were and, and we made the most of it. And it was fun. We had a good time. How long in advance do you do you know? that she'll be out because obviously like tours are booked months and months and months in advance so like did you know like you know february of this year that you're like oh fuck i'll be gone on that holiday or these holidays not as early as february i mean we we've been planning what ended up being this tour for probably five months beforehand so we knew it was gonna start in november let me do some quick math on my fingers here so that was like october september august july june i'd say like early june we started planning the tour and we knew it was going to be sometime in the fall winter area. So we all kind of had the inkling that we were going to be gone for Thanksgiving this year. So it is what it is. Also, it's a fucking bullshit holiday anyway, man. I mean, it, it's just a, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, I'm not like a, a Thanksgiving purist yeah. <laughs> trying to preserve the integrity of the spirit of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. You know, the more that we find out about that Columbus guy. Yeah, turns out he wasn't that great. Yeah, the more we find out about that stuff, just yeah, maybe just kind of like just keep the turkey tradition and just be like, hey, we just on this day we just cook some cool foods. But yeah. the more we find out, the worse it the worse it becomes, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big boy. I mean, I like I just like any holiday that's centered around food and and consumption. So for me, Thanksgiving is just about eating starches and lying down. And uh, that's all it really means to me. So if any opportunity that I get to do that, Thanksgiving or otherwise, I'm chilling. Yeah. Well, at least you still got the 
hopefully partake in the bubble guts with the you know the the, the wings for lunch and then the orange chicken for for dinner through the Chinese food. Uh, you know, it's it's weird because you were saying getting chicken wings at like in the middle of the day. I'm like, who the hell is open midday on Thanksgiving? Um. I don't know. I think Knox from Enforce was the one who put the order in, but I'm pretty sure it was from like a DJ Khaled sponsored wing place. Uh, and all the reviews were like, do not order this food. <laughs> and we did it anyway. And I mean, I can, I can see both sides here. The food was not that good, but it was fine. I'm not a, not a wing connoisseur or anything. I'm just a, a guy who likes to stuff my face with meat and carbs. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was cool with me. Have you heard about? Have you heard about these places? Are, I'm assuming you ordered this on like a Uber Eats or or some kind of app, right? I think it was a, a DoorDash situation. So I don't know if you've heard, but like there are places now that you can like say like Undeath wanted to create a restaurant and sell, you know, whatever through DoorDash or Uber Eats. You can do that out of your house, and I thought I I saw some people buying like frozen pizzas from walmart and then just like you know hustling them you know in their kitchen and like as the DoorDash person comes they just hand them like a DiGiorno's pizza to deliver it for x amount so i was i'm wondering if whatever was open on thursday or on thanksgiving for you guys was someone's like house and that maybe like you know like the mr beast burger gets cooked in a location and then delivered somewhere and maybe <laughs> Maybe DJ Khaled wings were shipped to someone's house in, you know, outside of Austin and they just kind of like microwaved and zapped you some wings and, you know. Hey, I mean, I, I'm not ruling anything out here, brother. I mean, that is, that seems entirely within the realm of possibility. I mean, I saw a video the other day of a dude 3D printing an RPG. Like we're, <laughs> we're living, we're at the end of days here, brother. Like uh, somebody's true. probably cooking me wings in their kitchen and selling them for triple the price. I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. Yeah. There's a wing shortage around, you know, you ever think uh, not to have too many wing topics on this podcast, but I, we, we had wings the other day because uh, they have been few and far between since the pandemic. You know, we haven't been able to gouge ourselves on 60 cent. All you can eat wings that often, but we did this last week <clears throat> and I'd like to see these chickens before they, you know, cut their legs off and their wings off. Cause like, you know, how big should a chicken drumstick be? Because some of these like injected chicken wings that you get have like, you know, like a fucking big ass hammer on one end with the meat, the meat and all the other stuff. And then you have a little, you know, the little leg bone and even the wing isn't necessarily like too huge, but you know, you start seeing like I don't see chickens walking around on farms with like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger legs or or something like that. These guys are like jacked. I don't know. Do they just sit around all day? You think? I don't know. I mean, I'm. Uh, I think it's probably safe to assume that whatever practices going are currently going on in like the meat industry are, you know, the worst possible things they could be doing to these animals. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking about the. Uh, the organizations that uh, inject chickens with so much hormones that like they can't even walk because their titties are just like weighing them down. That's like, what I'm saying. Uh, These big ass fucking thighs. I don't know. You know, I, they're, they're comparative to like a turkey thigh on Thanksgiving, you know, sometimes. And I'm just like, 
the th the turkey leg is so big compared to like these tiny chicken legs, but like the same amount of meat is on both legs. It's insane. It is, yeah. The shit's scary, dude. I mean, I I remember uh, back in the day reading something about how uh, the original buffalo wings were. I got people looking into my van. I think it's my van, man. I'm going to unlock the van right now. I no told problem. them I needed the van for an hour. Well, as long as it's um, just a bandmate and not a rando, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we're going to see. <laughs> yeah, we'll roll, roll the dice. We could either have like a, you know, a, a guest on the podcast or the podcast could end abruptly and we yeah, may not know. This, this podcast could take a very dramatic turn in a couple <laughs> yeah. of seconds, but I remember reading an article. Uh, isn't that just classic? I remember reading an article. I, I'm not going to give you a single reliable source here, but I remember reading something back in the day about how the original Buffalo wings weren't actually like wings. They used just uh, like drumsticks because they were cheaper to get than real chicken wings. Mm -hmm. So like the, the most traditional Buffalo wing you can get is going to be on like an actual drumstick and not a chicken wing. I don't know that that could be complete bullshit. I have no, no idea, but actually, that's the kind of thing that I if think... I get drunk enough, I'll tell anybody that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell them now, and I'm just now putting together that maybe the leg and the wing they don't, they don't even they don't even go together. They're two separate parts of the chicken all to fucking together. I'm just now realizing that, like on this podcast, right. that the drumstick is not attached in any which way to the wing part. They're on two separate parts of the body. That's that's probably true. You could also probably tell me that chickens have three heads, actually, and I believe you. I'm not a chicken biologist. Now that I now that I'm thinking that that seems so day one, you know, like oh yeah, the chicken wouldn't yeah. It's not like they have like a wing leg and they just break that thing in half and then fry both those pieces up. It's like no, the wing is situated, you know, above the leg somewhere. It's just like the like an anatomy, the anatomy of the chicken. Well, can you see it? But anyway, all right. I think we've come to the to the limit of chicken wing content that we would we need on this podcast. Um, chicken discourse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we've I think we've covered all the chicken and and food bases we need for the next uh, couple episodes. But let's get back into the band. Undeath, Throw on Tour, Lubbock, Texas, uh, 200 stab wounds. You guys kind of like, um, you guys started out a couple years ago, um, like what, 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. And you guys have kind of just been making waves most of the time. You know, you, you, uh, you've been a band. Uh, you, this year, you kind of, not kind of, you released your sophomore full length, uh, It's Time. Uh, it's time to rise from the grave. You also did the live album version of that as well later on in the year. Um, but like, what do you guys attribute uh, your your success to? Because you guys have uh, even before you released the sophomore album, you know, you guys have been kind of like, you know, getting a lot of love all over the place. And you know, your band and you yourself, Alex, have been, um, you know, you you've done a lot of things like you were on the death metal round table with a bunch of the other, uh, uh, front with cannibal corpse and, and everybody like that are corpse grinder from cannibal corpse on there. So you, you know, you guys are kind of being talked about in the same ballpark as all these kind of like big, big, big death metal bands from, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. What do you think attributes to that success or like to that? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, 
I feel like a lot of it just kind of comes down to the fact that I'm not saying this is a cop out. I'm saying this because it's genuinely what I believe. I feel like we've gotten lucky. We've just gotten incredibly lucky in a lot of different aspects. And that's not to take away from the music that we make. You know, I, I'm very proud of what on death writes and records and puts out. I think they're great songs. I think that anything that we've released so far is something that I would stand by. You know, we've never put anything out, you know, so far that, I'm like ashamed of, or I think is less than what we're capable of. I think we're a fucking sick band. But that being said, I, I believe that we were very fortuitous in the aspect that we started a death metal band right at the same time that there was this like renewed interest in the exact same kind of death metal that we were, you know, flirting with. Um, so when we're releasing our first couple demos, saying with Sugabox coming out, yeah. Frozen Souls coming out, Magasomp's getting really big, you know, 20 Buck Spins got fetid and Cerebral Rot, you know, there's just like Head Split Records is, is doing their thing out in California or out in, uh, on the West Coast somewhere. Um, I think they might be a Pacific Northwest label, but uh, th there's like all these disparate death metal scenes kind of converging at the same time who are all more or less trying to accomplish the same thing, which is releasing death metal that is of a certain ilk it's it's not simple but it's it's not overly complex it's focused less on technicality and more just on like atmosphere and and songwriting and stuff like that and we were right in that mix right from the very beginning you know and uh we just got very lucky with the timing of everything and we benefited hugely from that because even though we we only ever released one tape with Magasomp, and it wasn't even like officially a Magasomp release. For the first like two, two and a half years of the band, we were just constantly listed as a Magasomp band, you know, <laughs> yeah. because we like associate we associated with all those bands, we played shows with them, and also we were just like uh, similar enough that people kind of lumped us in with that whole scene. So we benefited tremendously from that. But overall, I'd say like the success of, of on death, like whatever success we've achieved so far, it's a mix between like just sticking to our guns and doing what we do and people responding well to it. It's like that. And also just being in the right place at the right time. Interesting. I was hoping you would give me some kind of like wild ass explanation about how your form of death metal is different or sexier or groovier than the other forms <laughs> of death metal. Because like in my own like life, and I, I definitely agree with you that death metal is definitely on a, like a another tear in the last couple of years. Like, in a, every band that you mentioned, every label you mentioned, again, I can confirm that the same thing, the same is going on on my end too. Like, I see all these things. Death metal is becoming so huge, and it's just like it's weird because, again, like I was just getting to, a lot of it is to the layperson. Like, it sounds a lot like each band kind of sounds the same and um, not in a bad way, but like I was hoping like, Oh, you know, you know, we, we take these elements from death metal, but we also take these elements from fucking something else. And you know, that's that gives them more of a reason to stand out. Um, but you know, also, cause I was trying to think as like why you stood out. Cause like, I see bands on the internet all the time and that's mainly where I see like where the trends would go. Like if I see a band name come up a lot of the time, 
whether it's yours, San Francisco's Givog's band, 200 Stab Wounds, like all these death metal bands, like I see like get so much, you know, um, there's a whirlwind about them on the internet, like Twitter or Instagram or something like that. And all these bands eventually do kind of start getting, you know, signed bigger deals, more fan base and stuff like that. But I just really try to figure out like how these just wild forms of music because, you know, hardcore is also becoming like, the, you know, another generation of hardcore kids is coming up. And all these kids are like wanting like heavy beat down, break down hardcore and like fast punk hardcore and like a lot of crowd killing, like crowd killing is becoming a thing again, you know. But like same with this metal stuff, like a lot of these like really, really extreme older versions of metal like death metal are coming back strong. And um yeah, I was just hoping that you would give me more of like a clarity as to what what sets a death apart. But it, it's also probably sure. you guys don't even realize, right? Like you're just out there doing your thing, and whether it's you're creating music that your influences have, you know, influenced you on, or if it's just you doing your thing in general, like you found your place in the world, and you know the people that are taking that art in or taking that information in are doing with whatever, and uh, you know. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if like Rochester, New York is like the birthplace or like the, the Mecca for like popular death metal, but you know, here you guys are. It's not. I mean, I'll just tell you factually it's not. I'm from Florida. I know what the fuck's going on. You know, we have a lot of death metal and stuff like that down in Tampa or in the central. I mean, I, I mean, look, like as far as what sets on death apart, like you're right. It, it is hard to put my finger on personally because I'm like so personally involved with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's hard for me to kind of see it from an outside perspective, but, and you know, it's, it's difficult to talk about these things with, and and not like piss somebody off, but like the way that I kind of see it. You're on Lambda's podcast. Um, We piss everybody (laughs) off all the time. Yeah, you're right. Fuck it. (laughs) I mean, it's like the people get so fucking uptight about, well, I shouldn't just say people like, metal people get so fucking uptight about the whole like hardcore kids doing metal thing mm-hmm. and it's like personally i've never really seen it as an issue i think like it, no matter who it is whoever you can get involved in metal and have them like becoming excited about it and making new bands that people are stoked about like that's good for metal as a whole and uh as far as undeath goes the thing that's always kind of been interesting for me watching how people respond to our band is I constantly see us lumped into that, that conversation where people are like, oh yeah, just it's just fucking hardcore kids making watered-down death metal, dude. Like, this band, this band, undeath. And then I look at my bandmates and I'm like, none of us are hardcore kids. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna like, say, like, at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, look at us, dude. <laughs> like, we are clearly as fucking, like, degenerate metal freak nerds as it gets. Like, yeah, we like hardcore. We have a healthy appreciation for it. Like, I grew up going to hardcore shows. Kyle grew up going to hardcore shows. Tommy did too. But like, we went to just as many, if not more, metal shows. And as far as like the music that we, that was like most influential to us growing up, the stuff that we like bonded over the most with like our peers growing up, the stuff that influences our music, it's not hardcore. It's metal. Like, Mm -hmm. we're metal guys that listen to metal all the time. So I think if anything, makes undeath stand out from like the current wave of other metal bands it's the fact that 
we're not really that influenced by hardcore. And I know people are going to hear that and they're going to completely shit straight through their jeans and call me a liar and say that like, that no matter how many times I deny it, I am a hardcore kid, even though I'm not, but it's like, we, we draw influence from metal bands. We draw influence from shit like cannibal and at the gates and cryptopsy. Like we're not drawing influence from breakdowns. We're not drawing influence from like heavy ass mosh parts. Like we think that shit is cool. We think it's cool when other bands do it. And we think that, you know, our songs every now and then have like heavy ass, like ignorant parts like that. That's obviously stuff we're still interested in including, but for us, like we view ourselves as a, a death metal band mm-hmm. 100% of the time who are, and we're interested in writing like fast riffy death metal music. And when I look at the stuff that Undeath makes compared to the stuff that like our peers make, I see tons of similarities, but I think the fact that we are so influenced by metal and so less influenced by the stuff that influences our peers, I think that's probably like the a number one thing that makes us stand out a little bit more for better or for worse. Because sometimes we play these shows with more like hardcore influenced death metal bands and kids have no idea what the fuck to do with us yeah. because we're playing like six, eight riffs and we're like asking people to bang their heads and shit. And people are just like standing there slack jawed waiting for the, the mosh part. <laughs> and it's like, it's coming, but it's, you're going to get like, 15 seconds of it and then we're going right back to the fast part and i feel yeah. like that just really bums kids out yeah and probably does probably so because a lot of you know you brought up like the hardcore crossover because a lot of bands you know and, and especially in death metal and tech metal and all the other like extreme metal versions you're starting to see more of like a i don't want to say like a hardcore crossover like you used to like because i i kind of lump that in with like metalcore. If you take cross, sorry, not crossover. If you take hardcore and mix it with metal, then you would basically have like metalcore in my head. But you have this new kind of like thrash crossover hybrid of like hardcore and death metal and tech metal. So you get a lot of those kids in the show and they're still used to like having breakdowns or listening to songs with mostly breakdowns. So it's got to be hard for you guys to be on lineups, you know. Uh, Well, the one you're on currently, it's more of a, you know, metal lineup. But like, you guys probably do get lumped in to a lot of shows, uh, especially being a newer band with like bands that are chopped full of uh, breakdowns and the kids are just wondering what's going on all the time. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, again, like I, I don't want to like exhaust this point, but I think it bears repeating. Like we, we aren't like the divorced dad metal guys who are just like, you try to spin kick near me in the pit, brother. Like I'm going to fucking take you out. Like We don't, we don't care. Like if I look out in the crowd and I see people like kickboxing or if I see people push pitting, like it's truly all the same to me. Like as long as people are moving, I don't care. And we all feel the same way. And on death, like as long as kids are pitting and like moving around and having a good time and like crowd surfing and, and stage diving, like that's what matters. That it's not like to me, there's no, there's no real line to be drawn between all those different dance styles because as long as kids are like moving around and expressing themselves, that gets me pumped up and makes me want to perform better. But yeah, I mean, we, we definitely do play shows where we feel out of place because I feel like people book us as if we are like a hardcore kid death metal band. And then we find ourselves in a lot of situations where I, I feel guilty almost because we're not giving people what they want. But it's also, uh, I can't be too self-pitying about it because, all I mean, most of our songs also have, like, heavy parts. 
you know, it's not like breakdown after breakdown after breakdown, but like, you know, even the shit that we're writing right now, like there it's, there's a pretty, I'm going to, am I going to burp? I feel like I've been choking hey, back a burp I already did. five minutes I now. started, I started this whole mother thing off. With, just join me in the burp. I room. remember it was badass, <laughs> but yeah, it's like the, the focus on us has just been to find a nice meeting ground between all those different things. Like how can we incorporate the really fast riff with like the six, eight headbanging part with like the mosh part and have it be cohesive and not just have everything be like, you know, service to get you to the breakdown, right. which is what I feel like other bands do. Um, but it's just, it's never really been our prerogative and we find ourselves in, in some weird situations, but I would say the vast majority of the time, the shows that we play, the tours that we do, you know, we're not confusing to people where people clock us pretty immediately. It's just like a death metal band and that's what they get. And there's no real disappointment or confusion there. So the, the times in which we do find ourselves in positions that are a little bit awkward or uncomfortable are, are very few and far between these days. Yeah. You brought up, um, like it's all the same to you if it's push moshing or if it's <laughs> kickboxing or whatever. Um, that that kind of I don't know. It's taken me twenty years to realize that you can't just like enjoy a hardcore or metal show for the most part. You got to have your head on the fucking <laughs> swivel. It's so yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I've gone to other events outside of the metal and hardcore scene, and I'm like, oh, this is like you know soothing. I can not worry about uh, like even a crowd surfer or something like that. But um, yeah, I had brought it up earlier. I think crowd killing and all that stuff is coming back sort of because of the, the younger kids are now like, you know, TikTok and, and Instagram and all these outlets that are allowing people to share like short clips. Like granted, I've known that that's been like, I've known that's what happens at hardcore and metal shows, like that kind of moshing or, you know, and it depends on what kind of show you're at. Like obviously if you're at a more of a hardcore show, like the entire floor is going to be empty and you're going to have people that are just beating the shit out of each other in the middle but also on the edge whereas like you know a metal show may have like a mosh pit somewhere where that's done at but you can still kind of hang out you know in certain areas but um yeah i think i just think it's not all the same <laughs> and like i don't know where i stand in loving it or hating it because um i do think that like aesthetically visually it's real fun to watch the show online where like kids are jumping off stage, the crowd is fucking, you know, doing their thing and beating each other up and stuff like that. I totally love watching that. It's like, but I also like being that guy in the front, right? Like I like being that guy in the yeah. front front row, or I tend to uh in the last like couple dec in the last decade, I've been the guy like right there on the back of the pit. So like the pit's in front of you, and so you can see the stage. But that way I'm like in the mix but I'm not like in the shit. Like I'm a part of it. I don't have to pay attention too much because it's all in front of me for the most part, but I just don't know where I stand on the whole thing, man. Well, well, you, I mean, you kind of made your point for yourself at the very beginning. You said, you just got to keep your head on a swivel. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it truly is as simple as that. Like I, I'm with you, man. Like sometimes I want to just watch the show. I'm not a big fucking pit boss myself. Like, but at the same time, I know enough to know that, if I'm going to a metal show or a hardcore show or whatever the fuck, and I want to just like chill and watch the bands, I'm not going to stand up front 
because that's where people are getting their heads walked on, and that's where people are getting their fucking teeth knocked out. Like, yeah. that's just the way it is. You just, you just cannot have it both ways. It didn't and, hurt as much when you were younger. I, I'll give it that. It didn't hurt as much true. back then. Like, I, I actually did, and I mean, I did get fucking hit in the face like a random just punch this year. Like, I haven't gotten hit in the face in forever. And I was like, damn. I mean, that was a wake-up call. I wouldn't even know. I was on the side of the wall, too. I was just, like, having a beer. And, yeah. Oh, shit. But the thing is, too, is you see metal guys getting so tight about hardcore dancing all the time, and they're like, oh, like, I hate when I'm just, like, in the pit trying to, like, you know, express myself and, like, push my buddy around. And then all of a sudden, I get, like, you know, scissor kicked in the jaw. And it's like, yeah, that sucks. But also... I, like I think about how many fucking times I've been at metal shows and I've just been like standing three or four rows away from the pit, just minding my own business. And like some drunk asshole, like spills his entire beer on me because he's like blackout drunk by the second band. Yeah. And he has no idea where he is. And he's like trying to get to the pit and he's holding like a cup of beer that's filled all the way to the top. Like dude, that, that shit has happened to me like dozens of times. And to this day, I mean, like, I don't know if I could tell you what's worse, like getting like a stray elbow to the head or getting the contents of some stranger's entire beer ruining my clothes. Like, I I don't know. I really don't know. I guess like if the stray elbow requires like immediate and severe medical attention, that one's definitely the worst one. But I've also never been in that. It's never been that bad for me yet. I mean, I've had some some pit injuries. I've had some stage diving injuries, but nothing that severe. Uh, but yeah. also, I'm of the mindset, maybe this is a controversial take. I don't know. I think moshing is cool. I think all forms of moshing are cool. I love when kids mosh on our shows in any capacity. I think it's dope. To me, crowd surfing and stage diving has always been cooler. Yeah, It just looks cooler. It, it feels so much sicker for the band. And this is coming from like a band's perspective, obviously. But like, it feels so much fucking sicker when a dude is like, so hyped on your music that he gets himself all the way from the back of the room to the stage just to like jump off like that just feels awesome Mm -hmm. and i would rather have 65 stage divers a second during an undeath set than like uh, a pit with 12 dudes kickboxing yeah i think both are cool but i think one is way cooler yeah and um as you were talking about that the the i'm not a big push mosh guy I've never really liked that. Even when I was like my, I would cut my teeth on the new metal scene. You know, that's where I, that's where I really started to find myself when I was a younger lad. I started doing, you know, the cool new metal stuff. And even then I'd go to like, we got loco. Yeah. Yeah. I would get like, I'd go to weird shows like new metal shows and I'd see people like just running into each other. And I'm like, that just seems like so lame. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't get it, but yeah, I've got, I've got friends who who feel the same way, and I I, I understand why it might look kind of goofy. But to me, like a, as somebody who, I mean, most of the shows that I go to these days are shows that I'm playing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like, because uh, I don't know when I'm home and I'm off tour. Oh, I had Whataburger earlier, dude. That shit is fighting back in a major way right now. Um, Better out than when I'm like at home. Say. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe. We'll see what happens. Maybe if it gets worse, I'll just puke all over my phone and we'll call it a day. But uh, when I'm home off tour, I'm not really trying to go to a ton of different shows. I'm just like fucking lame and a poser like that. But when I'm on stage looking out at the crowd, 
if I see like a huge pit that's open and it's full of like people hardcore dancing, I'm thinking to myself, that's sick. If I see the opposite and I see a pit that's full of just like this writhing mass of people push pitting, I'm thinking that's fucking sick. You know, it, it, there's both are pretty much equally sick in my mind if they're both executed at their highest possible level. I think from the stage, it does look sick either way, but like if I have to look over and I see a bunch of grown men just like constantly running into each other over <laughs> and over again, it's like, eh, what do you guys got going on in your life? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, I will give you. I will give you that because sometimes I'll be on stage and I'll be looking at like a, a huge push bit during our set and I'm like, holy fuck, dude, this must be how like obituary felt. Like, this is amazing, dude. Like, this is what it's all about. It's like you get, get those one... And I... Go ahead. Sorry, finish it. I was going to say, and then I get off stage and I look at like the Instagram stories of our set and it's like people filming from the side of the pit and I'm like, oh my God, that looks so fucking goofy, dude. Yeah. The whole thing about like, you know, and... Because we uh, we started doing a lot more uh, as far as like going to events, you know, Lamb Goat's starting to like be more of a presence out and about in the real world. Um, so some of these uh, like festivals that we go to, um, I'm not gonna name any one of any festivals, but if you followed us, you know what festivals we go to. Uh, the ones we go, the ones we go to that share uh, a diverse crowd, um, you know, a lot of those, it's just. When you mix like the rock crowd with like the metal and hardcore crowd, that's when it gets weird. And like every time we get to like some of these like festivals where they're like all day, all night type thing, it's like these dudes with no shirt and like long hair that are like 45 years old and drinking beer all weekend long. No, in like, you know, sunburnt, got like the green, the green tats now that are like all black, but they've like faded in the sun and all green now. And like they yeah. just look, they just want to like, relive linebacker practice back in high school they just want to like fucking run the same dude a million <laughs> times and it's all it's always like as a person who's looking at everything you never know like all right these two dudes getting pissed at each other and like one dude's like taking it a little too seriously and you know then you have like then you have females that come into the pit and you're like oh no and that big guy is still in there it's like oh now you're clotheslined or you get took the shoulder well, and now you're out we we had to stop our set for the first time ever uh, the other day in I, where was it? Um, uh, shit, where were we? It was somewhere on the East Coast. Was it? No, we weren't quite in Florida yet. It was Baltimore. We were in Baltimore. Um, and like we've had we've had fights during our sets before. Like it happens. We just keep playing and let them sort it out. Like it's not a huge deal to us. But uh, it's always funny to me when people fight during our sets because like. We've got heavy parts, like, I get it, we've got, like, mosh bar parts for sure, but we're not, like, like, we're kind of, like, a good time band. Like, our whole vibe on stage is, like, let's just fucking have a good time and, like, jump off this shit and, and like, just party, but we're not, like, a get in the pit and, like, absolutely fuck somebody up band. Yeah. And we tour with those kinds of bands all the time, but for some reason, people fight during our set. Like, it's so weird. Like, we did a tour with Sing with Sugarbog, um, we out to Psycho Las Vegas and back, and like I love Bog, like those are my fucking homies. But that's a band that like is totally justifiable to fight during. Yeah, there's a that, that's a beat those, band for sure. Yeah, those riffs are tailor made just to like whoop ass to. But no one ever fought during their set. They fought during our set, almost as like as if they were practicing, and then they got worn out. It was yeah. so weird. Like 
there was like a full-on brawl at our show in uh, Houston. And it was so bad that somebody was holding up like a t-shirt that had the WWE Raw logo on it. Like they were brandishing it over the fight. Like it was just comical. Mm-hmm. And I'm just yelling over the band. I'm like, why are you fighting during this set? Like, wait <laughs> 40 minutes. <laughs> what are you maybe, doing? Maybe they, just, I, I, they don't want to waste the time. They, you know I mean? They're so amped. They don't want to, they know those songs are like to beat ass to, but you know, they just want to watch those songs too. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, but, but I digress. Like the other day we were in Baltimore and I thought it was a fight happening because I saw like flashlights out and shit. And I was like, man, whatever. Like we just kept playing. And then I saw the flashlight starting to point at the ground. And then I noticed there was just like a girl just unconscious in the mm-hmm. middle of the pit. And I was like, oh, that's a little different. So I had to like wave to everybody to stop and I uh, had to like direct the crowd to give the girl some room so that her friends could like help her out of the venue. And I guess what happened was we were playing, we were like two songs into our set and uh, just three enormous dudes were just throwing haymakers in the pit and just clock some girl who yeah. was about, I don't know, 250 pounds lighter than them. And uh, and also like eight inches shorter. Yeah. And they just like just completely duffed her, and she was unconscious. And I guess she was on the curb right afterwards, being like, "Where am I? Like, what the fuck happened?" And like that was kind of scary. Like, I, I don't ever want to see people get that hurt during our sets. Like, I get that injuries happen. I've seen tons of busted lips and like black eyes and shit. Like, those are just pit casualties. Like, it just goes with the territory. But. I don't want anybody getting like irreparable brain damage right, during right. our set. Like that should be me. I should be the only <laughs> one getting like so fucked up, like from jumping off the stage and cracking my skull on the ground that like I can't perform anymore. Like yeah. that should be my territory. That's not on you guys. It is crazy. Like because like you say, um, it's always some like big ass dude, and the kind of crowd killing that I also like. The the move. There's two moves I hate the most. Uh, one is the flying off the stage and then just putting your feet forward <laughs> and just like, I don't know, face kicking everybody. That move I don't like, and I've had that happen to me. But the other move I don't like is being like, I don't know, five, six people away from the pit on the side or back or front. And then you have this one guy that's like using the crowd as like a WWE rope and like running from one side <laughs> to the other side and then throwing his hand fucking like, I don't know, 12 people back to just, you know, mollywop someone who's like not even in the pit. Like that move, I also hate. And then, yeah, the jumping off stage with your having your feet go straight out is fucking those two moves I could do without. But again, like I don't hate. Like I, I want people to mosh. I just don't do it around me. How about that? If I'm around, just don't do it around me. You know, I'm I've I've done the show. I've gone to shows for long enough where I don't need to like prove anything cool to anybody. I just want to hang out, be part of the vibe. But just don't touch me. Yeah. You know? I don't need your hair. I mean, like me, your sweaty skin. I don't need. I you know. I've been to a little metal shows. You just gotta. You gotta employ some common sense here, brother. Like, if you're going to see, I don't know who's like a, a relevant like heavy hardcore band. Like, if you're gonna go see God's Hate tomorrow, yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> and you and you and you are not interested in getting mushed on. Stand in the back of the room because otherwise you are fucked. Yeah, like somebody watch, is going to hurt you. Yeah, just watch the Hate Five Six video or something that might be the safest <laughs> bet for you yeah but if you want to go see i don't know like cannibal tomorrow y- you could probably find some space in the middle of the room where no one's really gonna fuck with you like it's not like the whole room's gonna be a war zone i'm pretty sure that these days cannibal is pretty much exclusively in the domain of like the 
drunk long hairs who just want to push each other around a little bit. Like, you might get some I don't think anybody's throwing. Yeah, like some you might get some circle pit action. You, you might get some some like dudes pogoing and fucking their knee braces up. Like you might you might see some shit like that. But I don't think anybody's throwing close fists to Cannibal unless they play like LBB next year, in which it's a completely different story. Yeah, yeah. See, I, like, and that's another thing too is like we want to get involved in more of those like you know those festivals, FYA, uh, Sound and Fury, and stuff like that. And like watching Sound and Fury this year was definitely some FOMO. But then like you know I'm thinking in my head I'm like. God, even if I was on stage, I'd have probably just been like fucking hating it because like it just seemed like a fucking free for all on the, for most of the time there. <laughs> and like you know, it's just one of those things where like I'm the kind of person that I have ADHD, so like when all these things are going on, my attention is fucking going everywhere, you know. And I'm like, I'm not paying attention to the one thing that I probably should be paying attention, to, like the music, the band, or anything like that. I'm always just like oh, dodge that guy, or fucking look at over there, that person's getting laid out, or fucking crazy, but, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to, uh, I don't want to deter anyone from moshing, just, again, just keep your keep your sweaty self away from, from the most part. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you also gotta just, like, recognize the fact that, like, metal less so, because there's tons and tons of types of metal that you know, are perfectly suitable to just stand there and watch. But uh, if you're talking about hardcore, like that's a participatory style of music. And I think like whether or not it's for you, which, hey, I'm not a big mosh guy either. Like it's not really for me either, but. um, I definitely don't mosh. I haven't moshed in like 10 plus years at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm 40 years old. But if you went, if you went to a hardcore show and everybody was just standing there with their phones out watching the band, like you would just be flummoxed. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I don't. I would be so confused. I definitely, uh, and I'm not saying I'm out of commission. I definitely will still stage dive. I'll still do that. I'll admit to that. But I definitely don't like best. get into the pit and like start swinging my shit or two. I might two step on the edge every now and then. But again, uh, I've dude. My move, like the the Alex special, is I stage dive find myself in the pit and then I just beeline out like to the back of the room. It's like, I, I was interested in getting my one stage dive off. I'm not trying to mosh with you guys. Like, just get me out of here. I actually I'm was scared. trying to avoid, I was trying to avoid this pit altogether and ride the crowd <laughs> to the back. Um, let me, let me get a couple questions before I, I got a couple questions that hopefully don't spill into like 10 minute conversations. Uh, but they can. So. I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, how long should a death metal record be? And what is too long for a death metal record? And how much death metal should a person listen to in one sitting? That's a three-parter there, big guy. Three, three questions. Okay. Uh, the first one was how long should a death metal record be? Yeah, like what's the ideal death um, metal timeline? The timeline. All right, I'm not going to get cute about this, and I'm not going to say like, "Well, if it's a proggy death metal, like I don't know." I, I think records in general, I think 35 minutes or less is the sweet spot. I think once you start pushing 40, 50 minutes, you better have a really good reason to justify like longer run times like that. And like all of my favorite records that I can think of, like they're, they're between 30 and 35 minutes. And I think that's more than enough time to say the, what you want to say on a death metal record. I think 
both on death records are like 35 minutes or less. So You're correct. You're correct. That'll be my answer for that. Um, what was the second part? How long should somebody be listening to death metal for? <laughs> what? No, the second one was what is too long? Is it any time? Is it, is it over that 35, 40 minute mark? And do you think it's, why is it too long? Because it's just a lot to intake. And that leads into the whole, like sitting in one sitting, you know, like I'm trying to like, because it is like a very abrasive style of music to where like most people probably don't pay it enough attention uh, because it is kind of abrasive and, and you can only like, me, I listen to metal, and there's only like very finite times where I can either a listen to death metal, or there's only amount an amount of time that I can before I'm like, all right, I gotta listen to like I don't know Britney Spears or something like that to fucking cleanse the palate or something, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say like uh, anything pushing an hour, like 45 minutes to an hour, is is almost always way too long. But I would say beyond that. Like just to be a little bit more general about it, like you you can always tell when a record is too long, like just by looking at the track list. Like if you see multiple blocks of like seven and a half minute long songs in a row, and it's a death metal record, yeah, it, it's something to question because are you, are I, I don't you, know. I like do you peek into my head with that particular comment? Because like I'll see these things and I'm like <laughs> fucking eight minute long. I'm not even wanting to fucking listen to eight minute long song of a band I do like for the most part. Dude, to me, it's like, just from my personal taste, I, I like when bands go for it. I like when I look at a record and it's like six 25-minute long songs in a row. And I'm like, fuck it, man. I mean, clearly, like, this was your prerogative. You guys, like, put your dick and balls into this thing, and this is what you wanted to do. Like, more power to you. The thing that pisses me off is when I see a record that's like 11, 12 minutes, or 12 tracks long, and every song's like six to eight minutes and I know, looking at that, you could have done that in three. Yeah. Like, there's no reason this seven and a half minute long death metal song needs to be that long. You could have expressed these ideas succinctly and thoroughly and repeated several riffs and got it done in three minutes or less. Like, it's just, that's the shit that gets under my skin. So, yeah. as far as exactly how, how long is too long, I don't know, but I know what feels too long to me, and that's generally, like, any death metal song that's over like four minutes, I'm like, come on, let's wrap this shit up. So, can you listen? Can you listen to like album after album of death metal, or can you? Did you have to take a break? Because like, obviously, like you're in a death metal band, you probably have a lot of death metal influences. Not saying that you're only, you know, we talked about you listening to other styles of music in this uh, conversation, but like, is there ever a time where you're like, all right, well, I've I've reached like 90 minutes of death metal, I gotta like do something else, or or listen to a podcast or something like that or can you listen to it all day uh i can definitely listen to metal all day i mean i in the words of scott steiner i'm a genetic freak and i'm not normal like i can i can listen to metal all the time it doesn't bother me if if anything it kind of like relaxes me it calms me down a lot but that being said i cannot listen to exclusively death metal all day long that shit will make me put my head in the fucking vice i can't do it like i i can listen to maybe two or three death metal albums in like quick succession of one another, but I'm not listening to, to nothing but death metal from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. That shit would drive me insane. But I can listen to death metal, roll that into some black metal, roll that into some grindcore, roll that back into some more black metal, back to some more death metal. Like yeah. I'll do that any day of the week, but 
I even with that, like I do need to decompress after I've been listening to metal for hours on end, no matter what it is, and listen to some like anime soundtracks, listen to some, uh, listen to some like you know video game music. Like that's that's the shit that I need to like decompress with a little bit. So yeah, I, but I, but I love metal. I mean, I listen to it all the time. What um, I'm gonna ask you, even though I don't partake in any of that, but as an interviewer, I would be remiss to not go down this rabbit hole so you could connect with your fan base even more. What animes do you like? <laughs> do you watch? <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be connecting with my fan base. I think this is going to be uh, or this is going to be me you know, alienating and yeah, yeah. frustrating my fan base. But, like, fucking one uh, I mean, punch, I man. <laughs> it's probably going to be like, what do you mean, dude? You don't just listen to you don't just watch Cannibal Corpse documentaries all day long, dude? Come on, Why man. I thought you were that metal from him. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, my anime taste is, is very suspect. I think I, I, I like, I, I'm not really into like Dragon Ball and, and Naruto and kind of like the, and like Demon Slayer and shit like that. Like, I'm not really into the big, uh, like long running action series like that. Like I, I liked Jujutsu Kaisen a bit. Uh, I have no interest in watching Chainsaw Man. I think that shit sucks. Um, but I like I like comedies. I like slice of life stuff. I, dude, I like romance stuff. I'm I'm a romantic at heart. I, I can't help it. It's just the way I am. So uh, recent stuff. I love the show called Hori Mia. Um, I love uh, shit. I mean, there's so much good stuff. There's a, there's a show airing right now called Bochi the Rock, which is kind of like a low rent K on ripoff, but it's like really good uh, stuff like that. You know, there's a, there was a comedy from a few seasons ago called uh, Asobi Asobase. Uh, it's just kind of like a very surrealist uh, off the walls uh, school comedy. I thought that show was great. Um, Kaguya-sama love is war. That's a dope one too. Uh, I mean, dude, uh, if people want to just hit me up and talk some anime, we can talk some anime any day of yeah. the week. I was going to say, uh, you should probably do that because, like, you're saying a bunch of shit and it's just like, woo, <laughs> going in and out of one year. And I'm like, I don't know any of this shit. I was expecting, like, you know, if you talk about Pokemon, I, I can kind of, like, you know, I know what a Pikachu is, you know, but other than that, it's like, I like uh, Pokemon. I mean, I, I like I wasn't Pokemon steering the conversation was, that way. I wasn't steering the conversation that way. I was just showing you how, like... Let's talk about Pokemon right Uneducated. Now. <laughs> I can. If you really want to fucking talk about it, I can. But I was, I'm uneducated I in the anime realm. Well, I'll just say to, to summarize and not to just, like, continue to punish you with anime titles. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I like comedies. I like romances. I like stuff that's a little bit uh, soft and and not quite as, like extreme and violent as you would expect me to like as a death metal front man i like way more like chill and relaxed anime that's the stuff that i that i gravitate to because to me i get enough excitement during the day dude i ride around in a van with a bunch of with a bunch of fucking sweaty dudes playing music that's aggressive and and hard to get into and we make no money doing it so when it's time for me to lie down and watch some anime i'm not trying to get my heart rate back up i'm trying to just like Kind of cruise, dude. I get that, and um, that gives me another question here. Um, not that I, not that I have ah. known, not that I have like dissected your lyrics, uh, you know, for each album to a T. But uh, for the most part, death metal does have like, you know, a kind of 
I don't know. Lyrically, death metal is usually very like you know oriented around death, so to speak. You being somewhat of a fun guy, so to speak, quote unquote, like you know you're a comedian. You like, wow, thank you. <laughs> you like you like comedy, and you just said like you know, you're like you're romantic at heart. You like to watch romance, uh, you know, in your in your um, your content, yada yada. Like, <clears throat> what's it gonna take for like a death metal band? To be like a serious death metal death metal band, but like lyrically be maybe like a fun party band or something like that. Or do you or and you could even like add elements of like romance to your lyrics of like zombies falling in love or something. I don't know. I don't I like again, I haven't <laughs> dissected your lyrics or anything like that. But like do you do you ever think about that when writing lyrics or like how and like can I stick out a little bit more if we're talking about something that's not necessarily like you know, about death or like rotting corpses or like eating people and stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an excellent question. I mean, you, you would have to get uh, one of our guitarists, Kyle on here because he writes the vast majority of our lyrics. Oh, interesting. But, uh, but uh, I mean, like uh, our song Lord of the Grave on our first album, Legions of a Different Kind, like that song's just a ballad, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a ballad structure. It, the songs are kind or the lyrics are kind of like forlorn and romantic almost like the, the title is Lord of the Grave and the song is about being like, you know, the, the necro overlord of the undead army pretty much. But like <laughs> the perspective it takes lyrically and the way that it kind of uh, approaches the subject is, is kind of I would say it's almost like a romance in a way. It's, it's got some uh, got some classic drama to it. But as far as being like a party death metal band. I mean, that's, if you ask me, that's kind of like the lane we're trying to carve out for ourselves right now. Like we're that's not trying saying, to like, as, as like as your personality or something like that, maybe like a party yeah. or like a, like a more fun group of people, which I think, would, you know, be a bonus in that, in that realm. Cause fucking metal is all like so serious all the time. You know what I mean? Like to have like a cut up guy would be, or a cut up band would be kind of fun. But like, even like with just like, lyrically would a band step out like and go like total weird al yankovic death metal style you know like would it be <laughs> worth it for that person or that band to do so um you know and does that who knows maybe that sparks like a whole nother genre that's not like it's death metal but like you know sunshines and rainbows yeah i don't know i don't know if that if that i think somebody's gonna have to find like the right formula for that because so far the only bands that ever, the only death metal bands that I'm aware of, oh, that was disgusting. Uh, the only death metal bands that I'm aware of that ever like fully dive into the comedic aspect of it are like full on parody bands, like Cannabis Corpse or something, you know, where like the focus or is or Necrogoblicon, where like the, the the focus is not the music, the focus is the joke, and like it, it it's like that shit's not for me. Uh, I totally understand the appeal, but uh, what we've been trying to do with Undeath is like, yeah, our, our lyrics are are pretty macabre and disgusting, but uh, the way that we carry ourselves live, whether it's just like the energy we bring on stage to the fact that I'm just basically like practicing my stand-up routine in between songs, like all that shit kind of rolls into this overall package where we are, I think consciously and unconsciously trying to like really carve out a, a niche for ourselves right now as being the death metal band. That's like, 
we're not a tough guy band. Like we're not going to beat your ass, but we're also not this like aloof, mysterious band who everything is, is shrouded in mystery. Uh, we're just like, we're just the band that's there to tear it up and just have a good time. And we're like aware of how goofy all of this kind of is, but we also take it seriously enough that the whole thing's just not like a fucking joke, you know? So we're, I think, I think we're in the process of figuring out what that balance looks like right now. And I, I, I feel like we've been pretty successful so far. So I'm excited to see where that goes in the future, but I, I can say with pretty, with, with certainty, with pretty close to certainty that we're not going to be writing any like songs about zombies falling in love anytime soon. I think you're missing out. I think you know. I think you pick an anime you're really a fan of romantically, like a romantic anime, and just kind of like make it a little bit more macabre, and then that's that's the next record. I think that's the next record. Vocal, think lyrically, could it could be? I mean, but also like I think it's good to have separate interests. I don't True. think everything needs to be True. rolled into one. It could just be a concept album. I mean, like, you know what I mean? You could just do a concept album of like, you know, fucking Pokemon base. I don't fucking know, man. Uh, I mean, respectfully, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. That's not the move but for the band. I, I think uh, that would be the move. No. I think, <laughs> think if we want to really move some units and crunch numbers and make some bank. I think you know, Pokemon infused. Lighthearted death metal. I think that's where we're at. I'll, you know what? You don't have to do Maybe. it. I'll, I'll start a band. I'll get some bands. You do it. It's your, it's your idea, bro. I mean, you take it. It's entirely possible we're leaving trillions of dollars on the table right now. But uh, I feel pretty good about what we're doing right now. So we're gonna we're gonna stick with it. Yeah. Is that where the money's hiding in metal on the table? Because you know, like you talked about earlier, there's no money in metal. So I guess it's all on the table. No, the. The money in metal is hiding in the pockets of everybody involved in metal except the bands. True. Chris Barnes, huh? Uh, I don't think Chris Barnes has any money. No, I know. It's just a joke. <laughs> I'm looking, because I'm looking at the article that we posted about about that death metal roundtable, and um, I was just going to make a funny joke about, like, how was it being on there, being the only person with not with not having long hair? And does it ever bum you out that you don't have long hair? Because you know you have people like Corpse Grinder going up there and doing his like a neck windmill thing, and it just looks so cool. But like you know, if you and I yeah, do it, it, we have like you know an inch long hair, and it's just not really yeah, there's no vibes, no vibes. Oh, um, yeah, it does fucking bum me out, man. I don't have any hair. And it, it's a choice. It's not like I'm balding. Like I, I, I buzz my head. Like it's just this is the style that I'm rocking with right now. But I, I would love nothing more than to grow out my hair and have nice luscious locks. But I, uh, I was born with a thing called Judaism, mm. which uh, causes my hair to grow out in in nice thick, untamable curls, and it gives me a big uh, poofy helmet of curly hair. So my hair does not grow out in a cool way, and no, uh, yeah. you, know, you would be I, very, you would be able to be seen from far away if if you did grow it out. But hey, you know what? That could be a whole other thing. That could be a whole other uh, that whole other gimmick. That is uh, that. See, the Pokemon gimmick. I don't know. I'm dubious about that. But the uh, being uh, the only death metal frontman with like a Cedric from Mars Volta head of curly hair. Uh, I think that there might be something there. Maybe, maybe uh, 
I was planning on posing in my head again tomorrow at the hotel, but maybe uh, maybe I'll just let it let it grow for a while now. I think what we should do is maybe let it roll for six months, and we'll just see how it happens. Like, see what happens. Like, let's see how your your hair looks in the windmill in in four or five months when you got a couple you know a couple more curls in there. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. I mean, I'm going to credit all of it to you. So whether or not it uh, if it turns out good. Then uh, I'll I'll send you a nice little undeath royalty check for point zero zero sixteen cents. Uh, if it turns out bad, then I'll hop on the Lambo comments and uh, just say something horrible. Oh yeah, it won't be the first time. You, you you know you know. Is there a lot of is there a lot of Jewish kids that are into metal? It doesn't seem like it goes hand into in hand metal? that often. Like how did I mean, you get? How did you fall into it? <laughs> Or were you? I, I mean, we're I mean, everywhere, bro. I know that. I mean, I got a you know, <laughs> some of my best among my best friends is Jewish, but he doesn't like metal, and I you know, he's, he's my go-to uh, for these things. It, it 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 probably depends. I mean, I grew up in a in a household that was not that was not like observantly Jewish, really. Like we mm. celebrated Hanukkah casually. But we, we also celebrated Christmas because it was fun, you know? So we and I, I never went to temple, uh, never went to any sort of, like, religious service, never was uh, bar mitzvah or anything like that, you know? It, it was like we were we were a family that was Jewish by heritage, less by practice. Gotcha. So in that sense, it was super easy for me to get into metal personally because my parents just so they didn't care, but they were just happy to see that I was, you know, developing an interest in something mm-hmm. and that they thought that I was cool for other kids. I mean, I don't know, like, just like any major religion, Judaism can get really fucking strict really fast. Yeah. And I'm sure if you're dealing with a more orthodox household, uh, metal is completely off the table. So in, in that sense, I'm sure none of those kids ever get a chance to really like dive into metal. But I mean, I don't want to dox him. But Devin from Sanguisugabog is also a chosen person. Oh, nice! And uh, he is, and he kind of looks like me too, which is crazy. But he and I are—I was actually we're, looking we're at Jewish your, dudes. I was actually looking at your photo on <coughs> what is it—the Metal Encyclopedia, whatever the website, Metal Archive—and I was like, dude, he looks just like fucking Sanguisugabog's guy too. Like you—you you could it almost we, could be you on that photo. We look like brothers. I look like Devin if he was born in like Uzbekistan or something, <laughs> but uh, and not like Ohio. <laughs> but hey, both but Jewish. Devin, Go figure. Yeah, both Jewish. Two, two Jewish dudes fronting death metal bands, and we look almost exactly alike. I mean, you couldn't write a better story than that. But I, I think I think plenty of Jews listen to metal. I think there's there's nice little Jewish boys and girls and, and people out there everywhere who who like metal. I think it's just a it's a genre of music that doesn't really discriminate. So, um, if you're into if you're into metal, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I'm sure there's there's kids of all walks of life who are who are into it. Yeah, I was actually kind of hoping you'd, you'd be from like a very strict Orthodox Jewish background, and then it would be some kind of like, oh, my coming of age, I had to like leave my family behind and pursue this love and passion. But no, it's just. <laughs> Like I grew up no. Catholic and I just like hated being Catholic for a long time. And then I just was like, I'm not Catholic anymore. I'm just not going to do any of that. But I did go to, you know I mean? I did go to church and do all that. So I was hoping you'd have that similar, but it's all good. No, very, very boring story. My parents were very cool and supportive. Yeah. It sucks. 
because, like, again, shout out to kinda... Karen, shout out to Owen, shout out to Karen. Man, does she hate having her name be Karen these days? Because you know, kids aren't family pretty... of unfortunate names, dude. Yeah, p- people aren't getting named Karen a lot these days. I don't think you know. No, but she's a she's a sweet woman, and uh, if anybody ever made fun of my mom for being named Karen, I would probably beat them within an inch of their life. It's not Jewish of you. It's not very Jewish of you. Um, <laughs> but to, to, to close it out, to close it out, you mentioned that you practice stand up in between your sets, so. I think you should send us off with one of your best, whether it's because you, if you do stand up for real, I would love for you to do like one of your best bits I don't. or jokes. Oh, come on. come on. I don't have like written material. I just say that in the sense that, uh, well, I'm just talking shit in between songs. Like I just, I go off what the room gives me. It's not like I have like index cards with my jokes on it. Do you, are you a fan of comedy like that? Do you, do you, yeah. If you'll ever do stand up though, because like you are on stage and you do have to pander and crack a little fucking wise cracks every now and then. But like, do you ever think that you would do open mic or try stand up legitimately? Yeah, I mean, I, I would. It's something I've considered for a long time. I mean, then I, hit me with a joke. Go, go for it. Let's go. I'm putting you on the spot. I have nothing off the top. I don't have jokes. <laughs> what is this? That's what you, you do. You know what you're like? You're, you're, somebody, you're like you're, you're like those people. No, you're like those people that are like, oh, you draw? You like drawing? Draw, draw me something, something right now. Exactly. That's why I was doing that. Because I know that that's the worst thing possible. It's like, oh, you sing? Sing me a song right now. Sing your best song. I love it. That's why I, I mean, said that. I don't that. know, dude. Like, I, I, uh, I like, I, I like stand-up. It's something I've, I've thought about like giving a try every once in a while. And I, I think... I think I would be well conditioned to it because I go through so much embarrassment and debasement being the front man of a band like on a nightly basis. So I feel like I would be relatively comfortable with the concept of like bombing. I don't think it would fuck me up mentally too much because like my whole night. life is already a yeah, my whole life is a fucking joke, dude. Like who show cares? up to the venue, show up to the but, venue, uh, there's ten people there. Nah, it's also good. Fuck it. Nice. Fuck it, dude. We're 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 rocking with it. But uh yeah, I, I mean, maybe maybe someday, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, when the millions and millions of dollars I'm currently uh, investing in from death metal st- stop coming in, then uh, I will start, I'll turn to a much more profitable field of stand-up comedy. Good. Well, I'm also glad that you've taken that money and invested it into FTX. So you should be going to the moon yep. fairly soon. Um, and you can leave all this, yeah. this squabble behind, you know, of fan life and death metal solos and fucking gross long hair. It's all, you don't need it. Yeah, I haven't checked my uh, my NFT portfolio in a couple <laughs> months, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure everything is still worth millions of dollars. If not more now, because, you know, more if time more. has gone on. Yeah. All right, Alex, I love, the, uh, I love the chat. I'm glad we got to get together. I know it's been a couple of weeks on and off of us trying to do this, uh, but, you know, this won't come out for another couple of weeks, so it doesn't even fucking matter, man. You know? God damn it. This may this may be a fucking 2023 release. I think we're like six weeks back. Wow! So you're like episodes of the past. Are, hey, are you are you high as fuck yet? No one knew that I had done that, but no, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not, and I'm kind of bummed about it to be honest with you. Like, because now we're sitting at like 75 minutes, so you know, either it's right around the corner or I'm I've wasted my time. So the second that we get off this thing, you're gonna be folded. Well, if, it, if anything happens, if anything happens, I can definitely text you now. So I'll I'll let you know. Um, yeah, let me know if let me know if you need a trip sitter. <laughs> yeah, right. 
wrong drug, but maybe later. Um, cool. Well, yeah, Alex, good luck on the rest of your tour. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are coming in the near future here, uh, North Florida. I know you just came to Orlando and, and Tampa on this last tour and maybe Miami too. But uh, yeah, I think you were here with Sans, with Dying Fetus, right? Were you? Did you guys play with Dying Fetus and Body Snatcher mm-hmm. here, Frozen Soul? Yeah, you guys were here yep. for that, so I, I caught uh, you there. Yep, I, that was a fun tour. I remember that one. Yeah. Of course I remember it. It was like five months ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was like around, around, around the corner. But uh, yeah, best of luck to you guys. Continue. Uh, hope you. Hopefully, you guys continue all your success uh, and standout success going forward. Um, definitely want to touch base about the new record when we have more time. So we'll get into that at a different time or whatever. But yeah, anytime that you want to be like, I know that you got that you wanted to do some like land goat stuff. Just you have my number, you have my email. Hit me up. We can always juggle cool. some kind of like you know content or column or not a column, but like write. You can write something or whatever. We can always figure it out, man. But best of luck, and um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Cool. Thanks, buddy. This is fun. Appreciate you having me on. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.